Welcome once again into the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. Glad you could check in every day here, whether there are games or not. We only have four games remaining. Semi-final, semi-final, third place game. Boo! Third place. Especially on a World Cup like this, right? Let those guys go back. Let those guys have some time off. Should not have a third place game in, but we do. I'm sure we'll enjoy it. And then the final. We're into the final week. So I can't believe we got here, but we did it. And uh, overwhelming World Cup for sure. Four games a day. We're moving right along. So we'll ease on in for this final week uh, with some very interesting stuff. As always, you can check out the Soccer OG World Cup daily audio podcast uh, where all podcasts are available. Uh, check out the one with Grant Wall yesterday. Uh, getting a wonderful uh, comments from that. Thank you so much. And I've seen so many incredible um, tributes. Um, and uplifting stuff all over uh, social media and in podcast and on all content plays here around the World Cup. You can check us out here on YouTube on my name, Max Pretos. Like and subscribe, like and hit that thumb. And check us out on all our social media handles as we will get in here. We have, uh, have a very special guest, Julie Stewart Binks. Remember, drinks with Binks. She has been a great contributor to this sport over the last few years. We'll get her thoughts on the Canadian national team effort, as well as what's happening with the World Cup. We'll also share some stories about Grant Wall. And as always, the Soccer OG World Cup Daily, brought to you by the fine folks at Farmer John. Get your day started off on the right foot. It's always nice that smell of crackling bacon hits the house, the apartment, the RV, wherever you are, that gets you going. So check out Farmer John and their incredible list of Breakfast products, uh, all sorts of products. You don't have to, it's not just breakfast, but we're getting an early start. Although we don't have any early kickoffs now, everything's gonna be later in the day. Before we get to, uh, we'll get to the interview here in uh, a few minutes. Uh, I did wanna give you a thought uh, overreaching here, uh, overarching, I should say, about uh, the World Cup. And there's been some dark clouds and the situation with Grant is right there. And as we head into the final week, um, there was, you know, the final week, it almost feels like relief that, you know, after 12 years of this Qatari World Cup, and there's been some good moments, but every time you start feeling good, you have something early on from the Gianni Infantino comments, which were pretty tone deaf to the rene renegotiation of the beer at the stadium. And I don't, I don't care if there's beer at the stadium. People wouldn't get their drinks. Maybe you don't drink, but it, it just goes to show the, the way this World Cup was going to go. And there is some relief. Um, I'm not going to call it a nightmare because I've enjoyed this World Cup. But that's some of the stuff that you certainly have to uh, take into consideration. You know, empty seats. Some of these games, man. I'm like watching England-France in that upper deck where all the dignitaries. There's big swaths of, of empty seats. It's unforgivable. I mean, the atmosphere in this compared to past World Cups, just not cracking. It, nothing on the host team, you know, Qatar was barely there and didn't really get to see uh, a fever pitch. Morocco's got big numbers, but even they couldn't get all their people in the stadium sometimes, so you missed an opportunity there. So just add it to the list. Officiating has become a problem. Uh, the over-officiating in Argentina, Netherlands, uh, it's, the more I think about it, the more bad taste in my mouth it has left. And it led that to be such a cynical game by the end. And just some really bad behavior from both teams. Gary Neville, amongst others, very critical of Wilton Sampaio. 
uh, the Brazilian referee who was with England, France, and that was not well officiated either. And we can pick at a few things, but at the end of the day, as I said yesterday, the missing the penalty on Mason Mount, which was reviewed and correctly given as a penalty, missing that call, that's an alarm bell. That is the easiest play to determine a penalty. If you're a referee and you see that and you say that's not a penalty, I don't think there's a spot for you in the World Cup. And I watch a lot of these refs because they, uh, uh, Wilton Sampaio obviously want to, I, I see him at the Copa Libertadores and he's very competent, but you know, we're not picking on the refs here. It's just a piece of the, the, the shortcomings that we've had. We do want to talk about U.S. soccer, U.S. men's national team because the, the, the road to 2026 begins right now. And I'll tell you why. Because this weekend, U.S. men's national team forward Josh Sargent played an EFL championship action. He was in the starting 11 as Norwich played uh, Swansea. Uh, two goalkeepers, Zach Steffen, who wasn't in the, uh, the squad, uh, there he was. Uh, why am I forgetting the name of the other goalkeeper who was on the U.S. national team? They were both starting for their uh, clubs as we had Middlesbrough and... Man, why am I drawing a blank on this? Why am I... Could someone help me here? Uh, Horvath, Ethan Horvath, and Middlesbrough, and Luton Town. The Luton Town. So that's already starting. We have a lot of players that we'll see get into the uh, Premier League, which starts on the 26th, so we'll have eyes on Christian Pulisic. There is uh, big stories breaking about Newcastle United looking to get him, and there are some other clubs, Man United and Arsenal, looking to do a loan deal. We'll see if Chelsea are ready to part ways, but that January market's going to be active. And a lot of American players should be in the middle of that. Um, Serginho Desk getting uh, confirmed there. We'll see. We'll see the Americans at Leeds. We're excited about that. We'll get Jesse Marsh back as he leads Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson and then Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson. And then what happens? And I don't think Americans will really come in January but there will be that opportunity. We did have a group of guys already moved, Paxton Aronson, Gagas Lonina, uh, and a couple others. So that conveyor belt is still churning, and that will continue with all the great young talent that has been here. Did want to mention something about Zach Steffen. Uh, there was an article about um, the, missing the September camp. Uh, he is... Uh, Reference that saying that was through my choice. I decided to call out of camp because I was having mental health issues back in May and June. That's why I missed that. I'd miss it to be home with the family. Uh, that was from The Athletic. And obviously that has to play some part maybe to why Zach Steffen wasn't called in the national team. And we don't want to forget about Zach Steffen, but he's playing. And the, the important thing here is that he is hopefully working on himself and mental health and you know I've I've obviously gone through a, a few things and I want to address that and talk to people so we can we can have wellness and get better um, so we'll have that dialogue I appreciate that and thanks for giving me the dialogue here to talk with you guys this is a wonderful therapy for me too to be able to talk as if we're having a conversation so I'm very happy that you are there so uh, there was also something in a a report that is making its way through social media. Greg Berhalter singled out an American player that he said was having a, a really bad camp 
and he it was a singular player and he told a story it was a the charter i believe i want to give the right reference here but i saw it on other accounts too and they were thinking about flying him back out didn't mention who the player it was a lot of people are assuming it's geo reyna i would be very cautious of assuming that because it doesn't sound like after all that happened to say this although it was peculiar that greg berhalter would bring this up again it's a story that i, I am okay with coaches, managers maintaining information not for public consumption. I'm okay with not having to be upfront with us. So don't be upfront with us in this, this case. I think I think that's fair. Because uh, when you're singling out a player, it's going to get people to think, who, who? And really, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to three or four players that you can take an educated guess from. But he said he, uh, he addressed it and they went to the team and the team said, yeah, you've let us down, but you're okay. Let's get it back on straight. And it all worked out. So I think he was trying to tell us a good, a good feel, good finish. But the means to get there, eh, not so great. Not so great. So uh, we'll see what happens with Greg Berhalter as he continues to judge where he wants to go. I mean, look at his options. And the U.S. men's national team is certainly one of those and we'll look at these players because again three and a half years to the next world cup and i see a lot of people doing a projected 26 player roster for 2026 i will be doing that this week as well so look out for that that should be fun because there are a lot of options and when we get back into the clubs in 2023 there's going to be more i mean there are young players making that way with uh georgie mihalovich playing in holland taylor booth playing in holland we get to see Ricardo Pepe, see where he's doing. The Dutch League is going to be a fun watch. So a lot of uh, American players, Paxton Aronson at Eintracht. What if he follows that trajectory of his brother? Why not? And uh, more and more players playing a big role in a variety of leagues. So watch it. This is the fun part. Just because the World Cup's over, we don't turn off the U.S. men's national team. You know that. We stay with it and we push forward to uh, continue that conversation. It's fun. It's fun to see on Twitter and see who's, who's performing. And we get the clips of these goals. Uh, that is all excellent and excellent stuff. I saw a stat that the U.S. covered the most distance per 90 minutes in the World Cup. 122 kilometers, which was nine more kilometers than second Spain. So what's 122 kilometers? That's about 70, 75 miles? 70 70, 60 is 100 kilometers. By the way, I'm a big believer in the metric system. It makes sense. It's easy to follow, but I digress. So um, that was a, I had some people talking about, well, do we, do we want to be this running athletic team? And I go, I kind of do. I mean, and now do we bring in the more technical players? Possibly. Do we have them? I don't know. Uh, I would say probably not, but uh, let's see where it goes from there. But uh, that is our identity. And I would say this, you got to stay true to your identity by and large. You just don't shed that because that's who we are. We, we run through walls. We run till our, our, our sails are out of wind. And that's every country has to rely on their identity somewhat. I think the U.S. has to do that too. So we'll talk a lot more about the U.S. men's national team. But again... The path for 2026 has begun already. Get ready for it because this is, we talked about the Copa America. There's going to be two Gold Cups. You have got to seize every opportunity. Uh, you don't want to leave any step undone. Uh, 
so that when you host this World Cup, that it is a quarterfinal or better. You, you get the right coach. You make the connection so this sport can blow up. That is it. If we don't seize 2026, we, soccer will never be at that level. I mean that. You cannot, you cannot leave one drop of juice in the 2026 lemon. So let's remember that. The Soccer OG World Cup Daily. We'll be back with our very special guest, Julie Stewart-Binks. Subscribe, like, thumbs up, city. Here as uh, our interview comes next. We are back here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily and absolutely thrilled to welcome in uh, someone everyone knows, been a great soccer contributor. I enjoyed my time with Drinks with Binks. Was that, that had to be the best show you had as we welcome in Julie Stewart Binks in her World Cup grotto with, <laughs> uh, with all the bells and whistles. My, my World Cup sort of hoarder's paradise right now, really, with it. The Beanie Babies and, you know, the... Balls and flags and hockey stuff as well. But uh, Max, thanks so much for having me on. We were you came on my show actually before drinks with things was call it a night. Oh, that's right. we had two shows for a while. I, um, I didn't have a which, drink. You're right. I didn't have a drink. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Sometimes we brought drinks on that show as well. <laughs> made it uh, made it fascinating. But like, I loved and it will still always live on. Just the segment truth or dance, where it was like ask a question and you can either answer it or if you don't answer, you have to dance. And so I'll still like never forget when I didn't you it was the question was who is the most overrated player on the US women's soccer team? And I remember they gig like, I'm gonna dance to that. Yeah, I'm done. I'm not touching that one. Oh, and then was... I like didn't know how to dance like the Irish jig. I just like would look like that yeah. kid on a, a trampoline for the first time. It was like the rhythm was off, my knees were all over, and you were just like so into it. Well, You're lucky for you, partner. I had some uh, Irish and Scottish friends as a kid, so I had a lot of traditional dances that I would see them do, and some of it would rub off. So, some it was more the music. I just put the music in my you head. Were great. And I, would dance. I was like, man, I was like, man, we didn't plan any of this. I'm like, Max is a great improv scene partner. Uh, just yes, and at that moment, <laughs> indeed. And it's by the way, uh, I would I would love to be that moment again. It, it, it's good to laugh and smile because I know we, we're talking off air, and I know we want to talk about the World Cup, but we'd be remiss because. Uh, I know we're both really affected with uh, what happened with with Grant, uh, Grant Wall. And um, it is, uh, I was telling you that it's been, it, obviously these things affect you because we're all in this media. But then I go on and I talk to people and it's been, I still feel that. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. It is really a bitter pill to swallow. And it's something that's going to give us... For, there's going to be some good things. There's reflection, and I've reflected a lot, and I've almost said I want to be a better journalist. I want to be a person because of mm -hmm. Grant. So I know there's some good things that come of it, but again, it's just uh, just a devastating uh, circumstance. Yeah, without a doubt. It's just been like the most shocking ever since we all sort of found out the news to now just like that period of being, you, you said it on your podcast, you know, be, feeling numb and... Like, so just feeling in an odd days of just like, like a shell of yourself in an odd way. Like I, when I obviously found out the news, I was just like, I just, I, I almost like puked. Like I was just, yeah. I was in such shock. And um, then I was just like, there's so many different phases, obviously that you go through with like finding, like, cause I've, I lost a lot of friends right before the pandemic, sort of like in a really crazy way of them all 
what was that like just it was like every every time I'd get a message I'd be like oh god like what's happened now and it was like I kind of got used to almost like fearing wow. the worst and so then That's I so opened good. up my phone I was at the music man in New York City and thankfully well not thankfully but like I didn't check it at intermission for whatever reason and then at the end of the musical I like opened my phone I had like a million messages it's like oh my gosh I just completely whatever but um it's definitely been a lot like you know you're it's just a I mean like I can't barely even like speak about like the whole situation and like just the, the immense like grief and um sadness you feel for his wife Celine and his family and it's just it's like you know it's overwhelming and it's so overwhelming. yeah really the whole thing is and it's like we're all kind of like the soccer community luckily like we can we have each other to sort of like deal with it and and grieve and obviously in our different ways but I, I had so many wonderful people reach out to me yesterday who are in the soccer community from like all walks of it that were just like hey like I'm I feel you I'm feeling the same way too um you know so we're all kind of putting out like different sort of posts and stuff about Grant and like then the overwhelming sentiment like with him was just like but he was literally like one of the most genuine, kind, wonderful people in the world that like just helped everyone yeah. and was never looking for anything in return. And there was just so much kindness with him and just so much. Um, he was just like a really good cheerleader for people. And just like he reached out to me and my boyfriend to come watch like um champions league a million times um i'd be like oh sorry we can't today or we can't i, I look back through my message i'm like man grandma's asked us like 10 times to come like we i went like a, a handful of times i'm like man he still kept like always including us even when we were like not free to come or like different things were up and he for me like my biggest thing i tweeted about it but like i'll never forget was when we did the women's world cup in 2015 for fox and then i went straight to doing the gold cup um for fox and it was like the craziest six i was gone for 67 <laughs> days on the road it was like insane i remember like, when like, you went through that i remember like, i was following you on social i was like wow that's a that's quite a run yeah and like for um people like to remind themselves like 2015 women's world cup was in canada and like canada was very vast to travel and my producer jeff hyman and i we we literally did we went from like we were in Ottawa and then we flew to Vancouver and we did a match like a game in a layover and we flew from Vancouver then to Montreal it was like we didn't even have it's like here you guys go to Vancouver also on the other side of the country three hours time zone difference then come back and it was like you would have like you would sleep on the plane as like your hotel we would be booked into every different city it was it was actually insane it was so insane. And Jeff and I went so intense on it. We were like, hey, we, you know, we were covering everyone but um, USA. And so it's like, we got sit downs with these people. We've got this, 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 this. We were just like, boom, boom, boom. We're going to get every country. And it was kind of like, well, that's like great. Like, this is kind of like a make work project for you guys just to get you guys. like. Well, by the way. Go play fetch with that ball or whatever. And so, Sorry. No, I was going to say that was that's quite a departure from what we're having in Qatar, where people say they can take a, an airport shuttle to one game to the next. And how about how about a six hour flight from Ottawa to uh, Vancouver? <laughs> yeah, we'd be in Moncton. We're in like a random different time zone. We're like, oh, I've never been in this time zone before to wherever. But then 
so to bring it back, but Grant Grant was also doing that too. So like, you know, one time we found each other in Vancouver at the same time and we were like, wait, uh oh, like we're not supposed to be here at the same time. Like someone's <laughs> supposed to be on the road somewhere else. <laughs> Am but I supposed to be in Montreal? Yes, yeah, God. like, oh no. <laughs> I took the- and he was he was so sweet in that we did Gold Cup like in Philadelphia. I'll never forget it. He was like, You have been busting your butt and like going nonstop and he was like i booked you like a massage so that you can just like relax on this one day off and i was like oh my god like what like what coworker would even like think about that uh when you're going through something crazy and he was like like you have like go like this is mandatory <laughs> you have to take time off right now to go and i was like thank you so much for being like so considerate and um that like that stuck with me forever and then he i was like him and I actually like we just I got to sit beside him when it was like Confederations Cup USA or USA Mexico at the Rose Bowl as I put up a picture of him being sidelined like it was just we always sort of were in similar places sometimes with our reporting and he was always um I see people's stories saying like oh he helped me sort of get into the business and help yeah. me with my career and I came from Canada and like got the job at Fox Soccer Daily and was very young in like the national scene of any of this stuff. Like I'd hold on to the anchor desk because I was so scared before we go on air. And I met Grant like that way through us being on air together. And then, but he was always still such a great champion of like, whenever I, it's like he could tell if maybe you felt down about yourself or something like even most recently, he was like, Hey, the last time I ever spoke with him in person, he was like, "You, we have to get you back in soccer like more regularly." Aww. He was like, "We miss your report." He was like, "Your reporting like is was so good and all stuff." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, thanks for even caring to say something like that because I was like, I've obviously questioned. We've all questioned ourselves like in this industry of like, oh yeah, hey, this is hey, this is a tough industry today? as you know. Like- <laughs> we always reflect all the time on that, and we all could use that kind of reinforcement and it's a good, and I'm glad you heard, and I'm glad you, you're talking about it, Julie, because I'm, I, I, again, these are things that I want to do. I want to reinforce people. And I've been seeing one person after the other talk about those moments where Grant lifted them up or gave them an opportunity or yeah. put it, they put a good word in for them. Yeah. And those little things we all should do or book someone a massage, of course. And that, yeah, that I'm gonna, both, maybe, both, start, yeah. <laughs> maybe start doing that. But, uh, and to the, the soccer community, I've been seeing that. I mean, we're, we're an eclectic bunch. We're all over the place. We kind of annoy each other sometimes, but at the end of the day, we come together and we're 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 a close group, and we will stick out. We'll stick our chest out for each other, and uh, we'll fight people for each other, which I yeah, I, I and, truly and believe on, it. When I saw that yesterday, yeah, right. And on that note, with like Grant, like just doing like sending little messages to people, reminding them of like even like when you see. But I do this now. It's like when I see people do something on TV or I see them do something. I'm, anywhere i'm like hey like good job or like even if i'm thinking it i don't send them the message now i'm always like trying intentionally to like send that message because like it makes such a big deal to someone's day because this is again an industry where it's like built on insecurity of like you can be on the biggest stage doing the greatest stuff so true feel like the smallest person in the world and it's like those messages mean so much and and also grant like what you were saying in sort of your other podcast too episode of like he was a person that definitely pushed the boundaries, was always searching for like the truth and like his reporting skills and standards were just, you know, the best. And I, I've talked with him cause I was, I've been working on a book proposal last year where his wife helped me 
Celine, um, Dr. Gounder, like a ton. We did a ton of Zoom interviews and like even just talking with his wife and with Grant and like learning like, man, the depth of like reporting on institutions on like, you know, human rights, like all these different things where it's like these big. are big 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 topics racism that, racism big yes. i mean top tier topics that um we, we sweep under the rug so much and we figure we can't yeah. do it but he probed and, and probed. it's like and it's not easy as you said like it's it those are the jobs that are so difficult to do because people don't want you around right like they don't want you yeah. asking questions they don't want you fishing for for information so i think like to just sort of maybe put a, a bit of a button on it like when I saw this all go down and I, you know, questioning what happened, obviously like everyone to Grant, I was like, Grant taught me anything is to ask questions and to like, to, to pursue the truth and to help people like along the way with it. And so I think all of us look in the mirror and we're like, want to be more like him. Right. Yeah, like that, that's what he'd want to. I mean, we're going to ask mm -hmm. these questions to be tough and, that's great stuff, Julie. I'm so glad you uh, you shared that with us because uh, it's good to help us heal. And uh, I know for you too, just to talk about it is is nice. It's it a, helps, yeah, a, a tiny weight. It's not a lot, but it's yeah. a tiny weight. Um, he's obviously the World Cup goes on. I know Grant would like to see us go on, move on. And I, I I see you have the four flags, and you were telling me you had all 32 or actually 31 flags. Were they all up there? You were, you were missing one flag. You said it was a Saudi Arabia flag. Well, you're going to out me on this one now. Like, <laughs> well, they, they sent you a bad box. My boyfriend's like, I'm going to report that you had one missing flag from that. That's that crazy. <laughs> Maybe it was stuck to another flag. But did you actually have all 32 up there or 31? Up yeah, so these are these, these flags, like you see them around bars and whatnot, like that they kind of... I love like flags. I love little flags. Indi indicator. Yeah, I also have... um. Wait, I also have like all the little... Um, little ones. <laughs> These are the like, ones that didn't make it. Oh yeah, so so I have. Saudi There's Arabia. a Saudi. All right, Saudi Arabia. A counterfeit. I have Saudi Arabia here, but I didn't have in my flag. Saudi Arabia was not was missing, and I got the, the, the it was a string. I was trying to figure out how to put it up. Like was I just gonna throw it? You know, kind of like tinsel around. So it's so like big a sailor. Up there. <laughs> yes. I was like, where do I put all these flags? And then I was like, I cut them so that I could tape them because I'm 10 years old. I was like, I'll just tape, tape these flags up here. And then it's like, okay, they can't all fit. So then I thought, well, I'll just do the mat, like the groups at first. And then when our, our Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia, I was like, oh my God, like I don't uh -oh. have the Saudi I Arabia. Flag. I can't wave that title cocktail flag because I ain't going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to like not put the full group up and just put like just the, the teams that were playing in, in the hits that I was doing. I was like, oh God, Saudi Arabia's now gonna win the whole thing just because I don't have this flag in here or something. Well, maybe Argentina, the team they win, wins the whole thing, which would be a uh, quite a coincidence. But oh uh, gosh, I how, think that how, how's your bracket looking? <laughs> well, gonna, it couldn't be worse bracket, than mine. My bracket has Argentina winning it all. So that's all that matters right now. And, you know, when we get to March Madness um, of the of the World Cup, I'm looking for a winner right now. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of work with uh, FanDuel on this, which has been great because, like, betting on soccer is a little bit chaotic in the World Cup. So, but it's not like you can just go chalk with everything. Like, you can't just go favorites because the, we've seen, like, so many favorites go out. So it's, like, finding unique ways to, like, okay, so... I believe that Argentina is going to beat Croatia. That's not like wild to say, but then it's like, how can you, what's fascinating about this game that like could put it 
on the edge. Like, oh, if this could happen, or obviously people to score. And like the match against the Netherlands, I was like, oh man, look, I have been saying all of my hits, like, it's like Lautaro Martinez. I just like <laughs> saying his name. And there's a lot of Martinez's on that Argentina. There's Emmy, there's Lautaro, Emmy, there's Emmy Lisandro. Is my, oh man, his energy in penalty kicks. He's a crazy like, person. He's a crazy person. <laughs> I was like, I love this guy. Like, I I haven't really like thought much about Emmy Martinez until like we did the World Cup qualifiers on Bubo TV for Comitable. Obviously, saw him all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, I love just like. He's just like dancing, like takes his shirt off. I'm like, yes, give me that energy right now. And so when um, Lautaro like made the the final penalty, I was like, finally, because this guy, I've been saying every every time I'm like, oh, you know, take an anytime scorer on this guy because he scored seven qualifying goals, yeah, same as Messi. And then it's been like, off, he's been a terrible tournament until yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. But I think I'm just like, I, I'm nervous. Like, I, okay, so the way I'm seeing the final four teams of this world cup is like, this is Messi's world and we are living in it. Like, yeah. this is it. That we, Spanish Messi referee, the Spanish referee thought it was Messi's world too, the way he officiated it. That's of right. Course. I said it. <laughs> They're all subliminally knowing it is, you know, like you, your mind is, is like, okay, wow, this is me Messi is main character energy season. Okay. Everything else, everyone else just pawns in if Messi can do this or not. So I think he can, and I think he can do it. I think you can do it. Yeah. They, and Argentina's like got this newfound resilience of like, okay, we, it's all about spin zone, right? It's like, we gave up, we gave up a two goal lead to Netherlands, but like we came back and won. And yeah, that was big like, time. That was like to still have that mental fortitude of like, we're not crumbling. We're not the Toronto Maple Leafs in an elimination game seven. We are going to win. That's an old wound there, uh, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm going to bring that we're up. Not 2013 Toronto I believe against Boston Bruins. Yeah, oh, no. don't, don't be too specific now. <laughs> Gosh, wow. Yeah, sports so. sports do that to you. And look, I, I, I that's still the great story for him to win it. You know, Ronaldo's gone. Neymar's gone. It is messy. And although some people have kind of turned on him because of that Netherlands game, because it's been salty messy, which I kind of like. I mean, that's that may be the messy that gets him over the finish line. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what we've know. seen. Remember, he left the national team. Like people forget, it's like yeah. he's like, I'm done. I'm like I'm done. I can't do. I'm I'm done with this right now. And like losing Copa America here, you know, to Chile and like all these different things he's gone through in his career. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm like, the story of this has to be that he wins. Like, right. or well, that, or that Morocco wins, and it's just like a crazy, random, you know, what twenty five. 250 to one odds to win it or something like that. I'm, I'm just pulling that out. I well, think it's more than that. First Africa team to do it. Uh, I don't know what to expect. I, and don't, no one should listen to my picks because they've been, it's been brutal. But uh, uh, right now I think Croatia is going to win it. I think I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to probably. Eat. Why? Why? I just, they're very consistent. And uh, I truly believe, and I think you can say this about Morocco is that teams hate playing against them. And Morocco has been really consistent. I think they both these games down. are going to be, they grind you down. And, I would love, I mean, I think if France plays Argentina, Argentina will play a little defensive. I, I mean, France, England, I loved because there were two teams, open Four game, points. pushing it. Yeah. It was a proper game. We didn't have low blocks, counterattacks. No, no. But, I mean, we're going to get counterattacks in these two games, which is fine. But I do enjoy an open game. But I don't think any option will be an open game, depending. Even Croatia, Morocco. I mean, what are they going to do there? They're, they're Croatia both just will be like, 
<laughs> I'm sure Morocco, you take it. No, you take it. No, you can I take know, it. Like the, so. the, the, what is it? The Simpsons, like yeah. uh, <laughs> video of soccer. Yeah. Arriaga too. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think that like the, the people that, that are looking for sort of like the favorites want to see Argentina, France, right? Like great. you want to be a great final. That France is the best. Trying to repeat as champions, which would be like incredible especially with all of the injuries that they've had, but they haven't really faced anyone that's like other than England, like England definitely dominated that game against them. And like, God bless Harry Kane, even though, you Uh know, I just, I, you knew it, you knew he was going to miss that penalty. Like you knew, you knew, you knew it. Um, Anyway, anyway, I feel so bad for him. And Jude Bellingham, like the video afterward of him running up to him, I was just like, Oh gosh, like bless his heart. Uh, By the way, Jude Bellingham, I keep forgetting what a a physical specimen he is. He's just a massive dude. I mean, he's not heavy, but he's got this, I mean, these shoulders that are like a giant coat hanger. It's like, it's huge. Yeah, that's so cool seeing the World Cup, seeing a lot of these stars break out that like you would, you would know from watching him, like if you're a fan of soccer and like watching him in the Bundesliga and stuff, but then like people are seeing them on the world stage and it's like, oh, this is like a breakout, like. Yeah, this is like a a career, obviously a career maker. But I just I I kind of hate the World Cup in well many reasons, but like in one regard because it is like it's like baseball playoffs, but only every four years we're like (laughs) no one likes baseball playoffs. It's too much suffering. It's like we've gone so qualifying takes so long and it's so difficult and it's like insane. And then you get there and it's like oh boom, like sorry, like you went home after like that one weird thing happened or that referee helped decide this or that. And it's like, you guys spent so much time to get here. And then it's just like, you're out. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's, that's what makes it the most compelling and frustrating. I mean, for all the thought we've talked about our national teams for four years, USA and Canada, you know, they, they were around for a little over a week, it like was 10, just 11 like, days. Blink Thank of you. an eye, you're out. And I go, is that it? Canada, that's it? Canada was just like, yeah. were they in it? It was like, yes, Canada they were like, what? Well, Julie, before I, I let you, before I let you go, I want to ask you about Canada. And by the way, when I see those four flags, it gives me comfort because you have three continents represented. It's a World Cup. So I, I'm really happy about that. Canada had their moment. Say they scored a goal against Croatia, which not many people could say. I think there's only two goals against Croatia. And the Should have goal beaten Belgium. Morocco, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, this is spinning towards oh, 2026. Yeah. yeah, that was the one that got away from them. And then John Herdman put foot in mouth and then it kind of went all south. But they hung with Morocco, too. And Morocco's still there. So they were in a very difficult group, you'd have to say. So looking at what they did and spinning towards 2026, where is your uh, your optimism for soccer Canada? Oh, I mean, it's oh, I mean, it's it's only going up because, like, if you were to ask me, obviously, the last World Cup or my entire life, I, this is the first time I've seen them in a, in a men's World Cup. And it was like a really strange feeling because I've I've never cheered for the men in a World Cup before. And they were always kind of the butt of every joke in Canada and like just like, oh well the like the women seems like amazing, blah blah, men's like blah blah, all this like they suck. And then of course they topped qualifying and like have all these incredible players and then Alfonso Davies is like just once you're like, hey, we got that guy on our team. Like, maybe we have a chance. Like, he's like kind of like our Messi in a way. And then I was at this Canadian bar in, in New York called the Canuck. <laughs> Obviously, I was at a Canadian bar. I got to go there. I got to visit it's that just place. A bar for me. Yeah, it's a Canadian bar, and it was. Get me a Molson on draft. Oh um, yeah, they got they got everything. Yeah, it's it's. I love that spot. And so they had like everyone's there, and people are singing the national anthem, and like people are used to singing the national anthem for like hockey. So after. 
<laughs> you know, I'm, I'm filming it and then everyone's like, all right, boys, let's go. Let's get pucks in deep. All right. You know, just like having fun with it because it was like an out of body experience of like we're cheering for soccer and this one, not Olympic hockey or something like that. And so, but that game against Belgium felt like a Canada USA game, like in hockey, like something that was like, oh my God, so many chances. And then you knew like when, uh, you know, Davies missed the penalty, but like just opportunities weren't going that way. I'm like, it's like that old thing. Like if you can't capitalize on your chances, the momentum shifts to the other team because they know they can shut you down. It's like a total mind game. And so after that, I was like, well, hey, maybe they can do something. And then, and then they they got blown out against Croatia. And I like cried. I actually cried. Oh, I was like, that had to be tough. It's just like one of those things. It's like that they, you know, how England fans the other day, it's like the hope that kills you. Like, it's just, you're like, Hey, maybe there's a chance. Same with USA. Like, you're just like, well, you're like Netherlands is beatable. And you're like thinking. And like, that's like anything in life. It's almost like, just don't have any expectations. Like just assume you're going to be living in the gutter and then everything will be great. (laughs) You can't do that. And now they've, they've shown you hope. So there's a, you got to be ready, but that's I'm excited for the Canadian public that they got to it's enjoy good. that, and it's, it was it was like weird, yeah. but they're like, oh, we're gonna do this again. Let's get used to it. We're no longer the butt of the jokes. Our team is exactly good. So, yeah, well yeah. It can only get better, right? Like just with yeah. the amount of like, I mean, there's some issues with um, Canada soccer and like everything within mm. you know that whole regard, but it's like Canada, USA, and obviously Mexico need to be running on all four cylinders ahead of like 2026. And like the thing is, everyone keeps being like, oh, 2026 is going to be great. I'm like, man, like, are we going to have a planet then? <laughs> like, I don't know. A, lot, a lot's happened in the last four years. It's really made yeah, me like, we, no, I'm not no, even long term planning these days. No <laughs> like, meteor hits until the 20, until after the 2026 <laughs> World Cup. I think that's fair. You know, global once in a lifetime pandemics, you yes. know, like stuff where you're like, oh, at last World Cup, like, did we think that we'd be at this place right now? No. So, yeah. um, you know, not to get too uh, existential on this stuff, but yeah, it is exciting. There's only two matches in Canada, which kind of sucks, but mm-hmm. at least, <laughs> well, at listen, least Toronto gets one. Yeah. Well, Canadian sports on the up and up. In addition to soccer, they're, they're, they're doing great in basketball. I see all these Canadian players in the NBA and obviously hockey. So, you got sports to cheer for there, Julie. And I appreciate you joining me. Beautiful stuff. Thank you for sharing that oh, about yeah. Grant. And uh, we, we're excited. I mean, 2026 I like starts now. 2026 starts now. Before, we're like, we're looking ahead. We This, this, whatever happens here, hopefully it's messy. Don't look back. Whatever. Don't look back. We're already, sorry, we're already on to 2026. And I'm excited to have that many teams. I know people are really critical of it, but I think it it's going to be, be interesting. It, it gives like a bit, it, it's going to be great. It's like inviting more people to a party. You're like, I don't know what's going to happen with all these new people here. Right on, right on. Well, <laughs> we'll that sounds really bad. Yeah. Put it in, put it in your calendar. 2026 summer party, 48 teams all invited. Oh, I can't wait. We'll be it's there. Gonna be awesome. We're going to be all over. I love how planning is as if like, I'll still be broadcasting <laughs> somehow then and won't be like, I know. I'll be in real estate by then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll I'm be pouring, I'll be it. pouring pints at the Canuck probably. So Hey, we'll see. dude, I was thinking about picking up a couple shifts, you know, that's not <laughs> a bad gig. <laughs> Julie Stewart Biggs, JSB on TV. Thanks for joining me. And uh, we'll continue here on the soccer OG world cup daily every day. We'll see you again tomorrow as we get closer to the semifinals. A lot to look forward to. We'll talk to you then.